Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. I'm your host, Nolan Bicknell. Uh, my co-host, Robert Zirk, is away sick. On today's show, we'll talk to Luann Loveland, Director of Communications at the Winnipeg Foundation, about an event she attended last week at the Manitoba Museum, where they launched their new exhibit called Nice Women Don't Want the Vote. Then we'll hear from two young leaders who are teaming up with hundreds of other young philanthropists to make Winnipeg a better place. And as always, we'll be joined by Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons, who will tell us all about this week on CNC. All this, some great music, and much, much more right here on River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Nolan here solo with you today as my partner in crime, Robert Zirk, is out sick, so get well soon, buddy. We'll tell you after the musical break about a brand new exhibit at the Manitoba Museum called Nice Women Don't Want the Vote. But first, going out, I think we're going to dedicate a song to my co-host Robert, who is out sick. We've got Fever by Peggy Lee right here on River City 360. Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever When you kiss me, fever When you hold me tight Fever In the morning A fever all through the night Sun lights up the daytime Moonlights of the night I light up when you call my name And you know I'm gonna treat you right You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever In the morning A fever all through the night Everybody's got the fever That is something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he put his arms around her he said, Julie, baby, you're my flame, thou givest fever. When we kiss it, fever with thy flaming use. Fever, I'm a fire. Fever, yea, I burn forsooth. Captain Smith and Pocahontas. Had a very mad affair When her daddy tried to kill him She said, Daddy, oh, don't you dare Give me fever With his kisses, fever When he holds me tight Fever I'm his missus Daddy, won't you treat him right Now you've listened to my story Here's the point that I have made Chicks were born to give you fever Be it Fahrenheit or centigrade To give you fever When you kiss them fever If you live you learn Fever Till you sizzle What a lovely way to burn What a lovely way 
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknill with you here. Uh, so the Manitoba Museum opened a unique exhibit earlier this week, and uh, the Winnipeg Foundation's Director of Communications, Luann Lovelin, attended this event, uh, attended the launch event, sorry, and is in the studio with me now to share our story with our listeners. Luann, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Nolan. So um, just tell our listeners a, a little bit about the exhibit that launched, I think, on Thursday, was it? And uh, tell us about your experience there and sort of what entails this exhibit of Nice Women Don't Want the Vote. Sure. Um, as you mentioned in the introduction, I had the pleasure of attending the Nice Women Don't Want the Vote exhibit. Great which, name, by the way. Yes, it's catchy. Well, I remember those commercials, the Nice Women Don't, nice women don't Want the Vote. It had those commercials on CBC way back in the day. I think that's where, well, obviously that's where the quote's from, but it's super um, recognizable, isn't it? Have that, you seen those commercials um, at all? That's from yeah. uh, one of the historic moments right, uh, right, right, right. ads. Yeah. And yes, so the exhibit opened this past Thursday at the Manitoba Museum, and it's in honor of the 100th anniversary of Manitoba women getting the vote. Uh, there were about 100 guests in the discovery room at the museum for a short program that kind of preceded the actual opening of the exhibit. The museum CEO, Claudette Leclerc, was the host MC, and she was joined by uh, Manitoba's Lieutenant Governor, Janice Philman, Fort Rouge MLA, Jennifer Howard, and uh, Roland Sawatsky, who is the curator of history at the Manitoba Museum. And there's also a group of grade 11 students from St. Mary's Academy in the audience, and they're currently studying Canadian history. So this exhibit, which outlines the historical context of the suffragist movement and commemorates the 100th anniversary of Manitoba women winning the right to vote, is part of their curriculum. They were very keen to hear and see everything about it. Well, that's pretty cool. They probably got to see the actual artifacts and and really learn firsthand about what was happening back then and, and when women got the vote. And some of them are even doing research projects oh, about it. So it was a really good fit. So what else makes this this particular exhibit unique? What else? What other kinds of artifacts and stuff are there there? Well, when the museum was putting the exhibit together uh, to commemorate this 100th anniversary, there were very few artifacts related to the event in any other sort of national museum collections or even in the, the, the Manitoba Museum's collection. So they put a call out to the public. And one of the really unique artifacts that came forward is an exterior section of a house wall painted by a woman near Portage La Prairie in 1915. And she had painted vote for women on the side of her house. And when her husband came home, he painted no in front of these words. So, uh, like, how big is this? Like a big wall, like the oh, side of a it's house? it's probably, you know, eight feet wide and 12 feet high. Okay. And this section of wall uh, is part of the exhibit, and you can still clearly read the words that were painted on the wall. Wow. Imagine that, imagine that dinner that night, hey? A little <laughs> bit of passive-aggressive. Did you, did you paint that earlier, honey? Oh. I, I'm like, sure it was interesting. No kidding. I also had uh, the privilege and opportunity to speak with Bill Haddon, who is the great-grandson of Agnes Haddon. And she was a member of the original sort of group of Manitoba suffragettes. Okay. And he was very inspired and moved by what he saw at the exhibit. Agnes wrote a speech across five pages of paper. And it's rather beautiful handworks. It's something you don't see too often nowadays. But she talks about uh, the women's suffrage getting the vote, the reasons why we should, as she says, we should have the vote, this is, and, and reasons why it should be common to everybody and not just to them at the time. Agnes Haddon had written a letter uh, which became a five-page speech. 
Now, we're not going to read the entire speech here. You can go and check it out in the exhibit. The penmanship is really beautiful and something to be jealous of in these days of constant keyboarding. Like kind of the quill? Oh, quill and paper, yes, probably? it's yeah. just beautiful. Uh, but there were some very memorable statements uh, within Agnes's speech, including this sentence, and I quote, For my part, I think they, meaning women, of course, are men's equals in every respect, ever too minding their own business. Okay, I But like let's it. not forget, that was written during the period of the First World War, and language right. was different than it is now. And uh, here's Bill's reaction to his great-grandmother's words. It's a beautiful little section at the top of the letters. It talks very strongly about how she felt about it. This is how most of our family thinks about it, too. It says everyone's an equal one way or the other. This is we all have a part to give to society. And some of us many years ago, almost 100 years ago, were not included in that. It's kind of nice to see it's coming full circle, and now everyone's being treated as an equal. And this kind of shows what the times felt and where she felt everyone should be at the time too. She's always been a strong personality in the family, although touched me very little when I was, as a young child. This is, I can still hear her voice speak in the back of my head as I, as I read that little, little line off. That's, it's probably very cool for him to be able to see this artifact and read his great-grandmother's words that you don't really get that very often, having such um, you know, direct links to your ancestors like that. So it's got to be a pretty cool feeling for him. He, he was very touched, and you could tell it was very emotional for him to have a look at the actual speech right. and be able to talk about it. And having such an important figure in, in Canadian history as well. Um, so is there anything else that our listeners should know about the exhibit, when they can go, how much it costs, things like that? Well, the exhibit, um, I'll just say in closing, it also includes an interactive audio component with a selection of oral history clips and a comment kind of ballot box where visitors can add their voice to the conversation. And our listeners can call the Manitoba Museum or visit its website to find out more about the hours and admission costs. And um, I'll add, too, that the Nice Women Don't Want the Vote exhibit will run until April 10th of 2016. And then it's going to be traveling around the province and ultimately ending up um, at the Canadian Museum of History in Ottawa for a stint there. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for uh, sharing with our listeners, Luann. Luann Loveland is the Director of Communications at the Winnipeg Foundation. Thanks, Luann, for taking the time to sit with us today. Thanks, Nolan. As Luann mentioned, you can visit the Manitoba Museum's website at manitobamuseum.ca or you can call 204-956-2830 for more information about the exhibit. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from a couple of local high school students who are impacting change at the community level through their participation in youth in philanthropy. But first, in honor of all the nice women who don't want the vote, as uh, Luann told us about earlier, here's the song You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore, right here on River City 360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with you this morning. Uh, you know, I had the opportunity to attend the Youth in Philanthropy Fall Conference earlier this week, and it was very interesting to meet and speak with uh, a lot of potential leaders of tomorrow in and around Winnipeg's communities. Uh, youth in Philanthropy, for those that don't know, is a program uh, at the Winnipeg Foundation that encourages youth to be involved in their community and sort of teaches them the basic building blocks of philanthropy in our great city. Uh, speaking with so many kind of young, intel- very intelligent and driven individuals was a, a really pleasurable experience and really inspired a sense of uh, almost comfort in knowing that the future is in good hands. Um, one of the incredible youth that I was able to talk to is Sukjarth Dillon. He's an interschool representative from St. John's Ravencourt and a very intelligent, well-spoken young man. Uh, I asked him about the conference and what he was able to take away from the experience the different conferences that we were able to sit in on really helped us open our eyes to what youth and philanthropy can do uh, and the type of changes and effect uh, our work can really help in our communities to progress Winnipeg as a whole and make it a better place. He also talked about what it's like being one of tomorrow's young leaders and, and how that really makes him feel. I really think it's awesome. I think it's great that so many people uh, can take initiative for how they feel about our community uh, and they, they actually think that they can make a change. I think that's one of the most important things uh, of doing this. And this program, Youth in Philanthropy, it's really get great at creating leaders and, and future leaders, which is what all of these, these students really are um, for our society and the people who are going to be in charge of making change and making Winnipeg uh, and, and leading it uh, for, for generations to come and teaching the generations after us. So I think it's really important that so many people are so engaged and care about what's happening in our um, city, um, no matter how young they are, they understand that they can make a difference. As you can see, he's very well-spoken, very intelligent young man. I also spoke with a well-spoken and intelligent young woman named Tiana Reed. Uh, She's an interschool rep from Miles McDonald Collegiate. She's a brilliant young lady that expressed her desire to to be a little bit more philanthropic in the city. I really would like to get more involved, like volunteering at certain places, kind of like you get to figure out the different organization and what interests you. It's eye-opening to see the different things that's going on in the city. Um, definitely through YIP, I, I've learned about like, different organizations I didn't even know were like existed. And yeah, it was kind of interesting to see like, oh, the city's actually doing something with this. Like I had no idea before. So during this fall conference, young leaders decided where they wanted to spend the $5,000 given to them by the Winnipeg Foundation to reinvest in the community. Um, they they could choose anything they really wanted from any of our local uh, organizations or, or community funds or basically whatever they thought needed help, that's where they would reinvest. And it was a great opportunity for them to learn about philanthropy and learn about uh, volunteering and, and just sort of building Winnipeg up from the ground up. So, so uh, congratulations to them and a great great uh, conference earlier this week. So this program, the Youth in Philanthropy program, is available to any youth in Winnipeg. And if you or someone you know would be a good fit for the program, you can contact the Winnipeg Foundation at 204-944-9474, or you can visit www.wpgfdn.org. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons will join me in studio to talk about citizen journalism and what's been going on in and around Winnipeg this past week. Uh, But first, here's the song Young Lug by Sonny James right here on River City 360. They say forever boy and girl, they're just one love in this world. And I know, I 
Such a pure embrace tells me no one could take your place ever in my heart. Young listening to River City 360. It's that time of the half hour again where we invite Noah Ehrenberg into the studio. He is the convener of Community News Commons, a citizen journalism project right here in Winnipeg that sort of looks at Winnipeg and its communities through the lens of citizen journalism. So Noah, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. So uh, what's, I understand that it's concert season coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not allowing Christmas decorations to go up before (laughs) Uh, Remembrance Day happens. That's the official new rule that I'm making uh, into a law right now. Okay. But concert season. Tell us a little bit about what's being covered on CNC in regards to concerts. Well, it is the time of year where a lot of concerts happen, and um, it is that type of season. And uh, there's a very interesting story by one of my favorite citizen reporters, Heather Emberly. She always writes some terrific stuff. And uh, Heather wrote a story about a concert Uh, called Sing for Peace. And essentially, 10 years ago, Pat Matthews wanted to do something to promote world peace. And so he started um, this concert series. And it was basically a concert series that uh, promoted peace. And it now Mm. has turned into uh, what I think is uh, is a really interesting um, movement for social change. And so uh, this afternoon, uh, which is over at Mary Mother of the Church Roman Catholic Parish over on uh, Kirkbridge, uh, you can check out the story on communitynewscommons.org. Um, 85 Kirkbridge is the, is the uh, address of the church, but there's going to be a concert uh, this afternoon at 2.30. And um, in addition to a lot of great music, there it will be an opportunity for people to uh, help out with uh, Syrian families uh, with the goal of uniting South Winnipeg churches to sponsor a refugee family uh, as an offshoot of this uh, Sing for Peace project. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I, it's, a, it's a terrific afternoon. It's a great um, cause, too. It really is, and, um, and really, uh, the way um, Mr. Matthews puts it, uh, he's happy that they're moving 
from singing and praying to action. So, right. That's uh, great. So what other article uh, caught your eye this week on CNC? Well, what I really liked was a piece by Michael Wolfson uh, entitled, Do Canadians Spend Too Much on Taxes? And essentially... Oh, let me yeah. guess. He says, yes, they do? Well, no, oh. actually, uh, he doesn't think we do. Now, oh, of course, okay. He, that's he that's wrote, a different, different approach than most people would probably take. It, it, it is. We kind of assume that we always spend too much on taxes. Right. Uh, but I think if you read Michael Wolfson's piece on communitynewscommons.org, you'll see that uh, when you break the numbers down that Canadians actually don't pay as much as other people oh. in the world pay on taxes. And that uh, he makes the point that it, um, it actually makes us a better country. Mm-hmm. It makes us a better country if we spend more on taxes? or That's correct, right. because then there's more for right. uh, all sorts of programs and for education, for right. health. And uh, really, when it comes down to it, um, if you look at the numbers without a bias or sort of what he calls second-rate economic indicators, and you actually look at it in a thoughtful way, uh, you'll see that Canadians um, are actually paying a reasonable amount of taxes mm-hmm. and we're getting uh, a good bang for our buck. For sure. Well, I mean, a, a lot of the Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Sweden, things like that, have a very high tax rate, but they also have a very high quality of life. So Exactly. Like you don't pay for university in there Denmark, go. I understand. So at the end of our segment, or at the end of our time with you, we like to ask you to bring us a, a local artist or some sort of piece of music for our listeners that they maybe haven't heard before. So what have you brought us this week? Well, what I like this week is Jamie Friesen. Now, she used to be with the band From Giants, but oh, yeah. uh, that band um, has um, since uh, disbanded. And um, what uh, Jamie has done is uh, sort of started her own uh, solo project. Um, it's called Well Sister. And her debut EP called Sacred Sites features uh, some collaborations with uh, Natalie Bourne, uh, Julie Kettle and Davis Plett and um, the music is uh, really beautiful and uh, I think people will really enjoy it so what i like to feature this week is Well Sister which is uh, Jamie Friesen's new project uh, f- with a song called Sacred Sites from the album with the same name right here on River City 360 on CGNU 93.7 FM Ready to rebuild, renew 
That's it for this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, please visit rivercity360.org to listen to any or all of our past episodes. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for River City 360 or uh, on th- at the Twitter handle at rivercity360. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week, the same time, same place. Uh, Robert will be back next week. Uh, feel better, buddy. And uh, to everyone listening, have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.